Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. And this is yet another episode of Song vs. Song. On today's episode, we are doing Tal Bachman's She's So High versus Weedus's Teenage Dirtbag. We usually try and restrict ourselves to like just like the most famous of people. Those famous artists, the biggest bands, and that is what we're doing today. Those towering icons of the 90s slash 2000s, or that one specific period in between before and after Y2K. Tal Bachman. Tal. Tal. Batch. Batch. Man. Actually, I have no idea if it's if, if it's Tal or Tall, actually. I'm sure it's Tal Bachman. I, I believe it is Tal Bachman. It's it's short for Tallridge or something like that. Tallward. It's short and, for <laughs> tall, Talmud. Uh, anyway, um, yes, that's okay. I mean, I feel like there's only a certain amount of big, cute songs we can do before we have to start doing lesser-known bands, and people are going to want that anyway. Yeah, well... Pe- people want their favorites done, and that's what we're doing today. Actually, I was surprised. I thought this was like, no one was going to have very strong opinions about this, but it turns out people ha- do indeed have very strong opinions about She's So High and Teenage Dirtbag. I thought this one was just going to be for me. Does that surprise you? Because it kind of surprises me. Nothing surprises <laughs> me in, in 2020. No. Nothing. I- Absolutely. Anyway, <laughs> you picked these songs mm-hmm. with a purpose. Yes, I did. Okay, let me start with this. You know there's a, a term called yacht rock. It's about yes. late 70s, early 80s, smoothie, easy listening rock. Mm-hmm. But we didn't come up with a name for it till well after the fact. Until like the 2000s, 20 years after it had come and gone. I mean, and- it had it had other names, Mm-hmm. But I think that, that Yacht really Rock stuck. ended up being the one that's, yeah, that's the one that stuck. Here is something I have thought for the longest time. There needs to be a name for the music I got into when I first started getting into uh, Top 40 Radio. And this is stuff like, that was all on the radio, like the Goo Goo Dolls, like Matchbox 20 and Third Eye Blind, the Bare Naked Ladies, and it didn't have a name. So I was like, hey, Twitter, why don't we come up with a name for this? And the name that came up that was like overwhelmingly the the, the pick of the litter was minivan rock. I, I guess you, we, we name genres after the vehicle you listen to them in. It doesn't require a lot of thinking. Yeah. Like what's minivan rock? You know, if, if arena rock is rock that you would listen to in an arena, then minivan rock is rock you would listen to whilst convalescing into middle age and abandoning all hope for the dreams of your misspent youth. No, no, no. This is the, the rock your mom is okay for you to listen to. To in the minivan. I know. While you're while she is driving you to soccer practice. Yeah. So that was where that came in. So I figured I, tr- I need to try and make fetch happen. So I am going to sell minivan rock as a title wherever I can. And in fact, uh, one of the guys I know who works at Billboard magazine, he turned it into a whole article. It was like, what were the greatest minivan rock songs? And both of these songs were pretty high on it. And, you know, I've crushed So song. high. So high. <laughs> high. Oh, that's a fun one to sing at karaoke. It, it can be. It's, uh, it's fun to sing. Less fun to, to hear <laughs> other people sing. Oh, fuck you, too. <laughs> 
yeah. yes. So, all right. Um, yes, I. You know, there was that article about the about the minivan rock, and then you decided you want to do this episode, mm-hmm. and so that is when I decided that I was going to sit down and do some research uh-huh. into minivans. <laughs> So here's what I want to tell you. This is um, I feel that every episode there's a there's a bit of a, a a Danny Roth ramble, a little corner where I try to make an analogy that doesn't quite work, but it feels right in my heart. And now some unfinished metaphors, some yes, poorly thought but, metaphors from Danny Roth. Yeah, this is this is really my this is like a, this is some fuzzy memories from Jack Handy. Um, so all right, so the minivan, right? Mm-hmm. The minivan uh, first rolled off of the assembly line in 1983. And it happened at a time when um, Chrysler was screwed. They were in really bad shape. They had just gotten like a billion and a half dollar bailout from the American government because, you know, uh, America and cars, that's that's like our thing. Yeah. Well, boy, glad that solved everything and they never needed a bailout again. Crack the case. Crack, no more problems after that. But yeah. uh, so Chrysler was in bad shape. And what happened was they got that bailout and Lee Iacocca and, uh, and another guy from Ford, they left Ford because Henry Ford II is Henry Ford II. You should, there's that movie that he's in with mm-hmm. Matt Damon and such where they, where they race a car and, yeah, and they kind of paint, they paint a picture of Henry Ford II. Well, anyway. That's, he's no Henry Ford the first. Uh, so anyway, they, they went and worked for Plymouth and they brought this idea that they had at Ford that they didn't want to tell Henry Ford the second, because they thought he would shoot it down as being really lame. I guess they were too embarrassed to admit that they had this idea for a van, but you, one you could fit in a, in a regular size garage. Well, just much like, uh, minivan rock itself. It didn't stop being lame, but it was very lucrative. Yes. So you're following my analogy so yeah. far. And the other thing that happened was when uh, it first came out, it came out as I think it was like the Plymouth Caravan or whatever. And it was in 1983. And you know where it rolled out? It didn't roll out in America. No, no. It came out in Canada. Canada. <laughs> if, if Minivan Rock was a country, Canada. Well, one of these uh, people is, in fact, Canadian. That's right. One yeah. of these people is Canadian. That's Tal Bachman. And not just Canadian, but Canadian royalty. Yes, indeed. <laughs> of of the uh, of the son of Overdrive. No, the son of Bachman. Yes. Overdrive is a different guy. But oh, it is? <laughs> no, there, there's no Overdrive. I was going to say, God damn it. I'm 40. You can't expect me to get sarcasm anymore. I don't know things. Anyway, the point is that uh, minivans and minivan rock have a lot in common. Yes, they do. They're basically the same thing. Uh, and uh, and I think, uh, so like, imagine like Yacht Rock was like the station wagon rock. That's what it should have been called. Mm-hmm. And now we've got minivan rock. I'm redubbing Yacht Rock, mini, uh, not minivan rock, but station wagon rock. Well, Yacht Rock is called that because it had like this kind of uh, opulence to it, like very rich and yuppie. And it was for people who could afford yachts, basically. It was meant to be listened to in yachts. Sailing takes me away. I don't think there's anything higher class than faux wood paneling, Todd. (laughs) 
And Minivan Rock was, you know, like nine days, absolutely story of a girl. This is a story of a girl. It's for it's for teen it's for preteens who are not ready for the heavy stuff like Limp Biscuit or Nickelback or stuff well, like that. Well, here's another thing I'm gonna say to you. If minivans were the thing that saved Chrysler mm-hmm. and were therefore a boon to the uh, American automotive industry, then minivan rock was a boon to mainstream pop rock music in the late 90s, at which time uh, everything else was mostly rap, R&B, and boy bands. I remember like reading all of those like, rock is dead kind of articles at the time, which is kind of hilarious considering that rock is actually dead now. And It like, is, 90- but, but you could understand why people would have said that, because Kurt Cobain was dead by 94, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've got like by 96, it's pretty much all toast, you know, Pearl Jam put out like no code in 96, which I don't think had any hits. Stone Temple Pilots, um, had, um, an album come out in 96 that had like one hit dripping on her, on yeah. a paper heart. And that was it. And, um, Smashing Pumpkins is kind of like, they put out Mel- Mel- Melancholy in like 95, but by the time the next album came out, it was a door and they were kind of becoming less mainstream and more to their specific fandom. And of course, in 96, Oasis's Be Here Now came out. <laughs> and if ever there was a death knell. <laughs> of that of that first era of 90s rock, yes. And then after that, the 90s get kind of silly with the Smash Mouth and the Santana. and Yeah, but it's also just a lot of R&B and a lot of, um, a lot of like your, your Puff Daddy era of, of rap. You know yeah. your light, your lighthearted rap, your yacht, ro- your yacht rap rock. <laughs> yeah, you know? really. And then and uh, and yeah, and the Spice Girls dancing and the big pop there, explosion. But there could have been no more rock music in the Billboard charts. It could have gone away. Right. But in this way, it stuck around. Minivan rock was the thing that stuck around on the charts. Yeah, and no one really thinks of them as rock. In fact, it didn't have a name till I came up with it, or at least one of my followers did, three months ago. It's rock. It's teenage dirtbag and weed is that's a that's a that's a it's not like that a heavy rock song, but it's a rock. Come on, man. It's yeah, a pop rock song. It is. It's on the the line, probably a little more towards pop than rock. It's still got a foot on both sides, but it's it's leaning towards pop. Like you wouldn't call this like a rock and roll song. No, I guess I don't yeah. know. It's still, it's guys with guitars and 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 they're singing about a girl. It's, yeah, I, I mean, Weedus is more. I mean, let, let's say Tal Bachman is on the pop side of it, and Weedus is on the rock side of it, but they're both real close to the line. Did you buy the Tal Bachman album? His his one album when it came no. out. No, I love that song, and yet. I did not touch that album. I bought it. Wait, what? I bought that album when it came out. Are you serious? I thought you were like into your indie rock phase by that point. No, but. I bought that one. What was that was like? That was like ninety eight, man. No, I had I that I hadn't I hadn't become cool yet. I wasn't I wasn't cool like I am now. <laughs> was I not supposed to laugh at that? Well, I, no, I didn't tell a joke. So <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I wasn't that cool yet. So I was listening to, to, to Tal Bachman, who I feel like you can't really, it's weird to say Tal Bachman. Like in my, yeah. I, I've been immediately become 
like his Jewish mother. Tal back that, that he never had, where I was like, Tal, you're doing so good. That <laughs> that song, She's So High, you're doing so good, Bubby. It's such a good song. You did a good job, Tal. You know, feels like you should do that for Wheatus, though, because they're the, they're the Long Islanders. I know, I know. And yet there's something about Tal Backman. <laughs> well, I guess that's kind of kind of Midwest, isn't it? Like, yeah, oh, he's Tal he's Tal Backman, don't you know? Anyway, well, this is this has been bad bad accents. <laughs> anyway, you know which which of the two was uh, your favorite? Then which of the if you had to pick one right off the off your gut? What's your gut instinct? Uh, she's so high, no question. No question, huh? No question for me. That immediately of the two of them, I prefer that one by far. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. That was uh, but I was absolutely convinced that Weedus was going to crush Tal Backman, like just crush. And I'm not going to give away what the results are, but it's not a crush at the very least for uh, it's not a blowout win for Weedus because I haven't heard she's so high in since it was since it came out. And well, now wait a minute. It's interesting that you would say that because um, was wasn't it like a really big hit? Like there wasn't well big hit. So there there was like a like a world competition, like almost like a Eurovision kind of thing. Yeah, World Idol. It was like all the they American did, they idols. Did, well, of they every did like country. one season of it. Mm-hmm. And the one season that it happened, the guy that won won by doing a cover of this song. She's so high. Yeah. So a guy named Kurt Nilsson. Yeah, he he beat Kelly Clarkson that year. And uh, it's apparently one of like the biggest Norwegian hit of all time. His cover of She's So High. See? But did you, but did you know that? Did you know that before you started doing research for this? I did not. But I have to tell you, knowing as I do that we have a huge Norwegian listenership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> huge in Norway. Yeah, yeah. We're Sweden, very big. Sweden hates us, but. <laughs> yeah, but Norway is like song versus song. That's the, that's the best. That's the best podcast in the world. It's almost as good as Tal Bachman. She's so high. I didn't realize that, but I haven't. I don't think I've heard anyone say she's so high uh, since it came out. It's only prominent in my head because that was one of the first songs I got into when I first started listening to pop music. Versus Weedus's "Teenage Dirtbag," I have no memory of that. It's really, it really fades into the background of my life because that's a little bit later. That's like two thousand, isn't it? Yeah, she's so high is like ninety nine, and uh, teenage dirtbag is two thousand. That one year, man, there's your difference. That's there's your cutoff point for me. Previous to the twenty first century, I was listening to Tal Bachman. Mm-hmm. Once you get to like two thousand, that's like I don't know. I was probably listening to uh, when when did when did Kid A come out? I was probably I listening to two thousand one. Pro- okay, I was whatever was the thing that was before Kid A. I was listening to that. Actually, no, I think that was two thousand. So, um, Kid yeah. A. Yep, came out uh, October 2000. Well, so there yeah. you go. That was the turning point. If it weren't for Kid A, <laughs> I might be Tal Bachman right now. <laughs> yeah, but he, here's the thing. Okay, Tal Bachman, She's So High was a top 20 hit. Uh, Weedus's Teenage Dirtbag did not hit the Hot 100 at all. And yet, despite me never hearing that at all in the year 2000, I have heard that song over and over again. Uh, and everyone talks about it's like, hey, how are you going to do Teenage Dirtbag? And I was like, where did this song come from? Because I don't remember it being around. 
So that's why I figured, well, this one has stood the test of time. This one is going to crush. And that is, uh, like I said, that's not what happened. And I found out that actually uh, She's So High has popped up quite a bit. Like it was in a prominently featured an episode of New Girl. Yep. It was in the this that terrible Peloton ad that was around at the end of last oh, yes. year. Yes, the one that where a boyfriend got his... Uh... His his girlfriend, uh, an exercise uh, bike for Christmas. Yeah, classy. That makes me think of the time that uh, my grandmother got my mother uh, a Jenny Craig thing for her birthday. <laughs> Real nice thing to do, and asked me like, "Hey, should I should I give your mother this? I got it for her birthday." And I was like, "Don't do that. That's like <laughs> saying happy birthday. You're fat." Is and this- I was I was very proud. This was like I was like a teenager when it happened. And I thought, oh, shit, like, my grandmother's coming to me for advice? Great. And you gave her the right advice, too. I gave her the right advice. Guess guess who didn't listen? <laughs> my grandmother. And then, like, five minutes later, I'll never forget, this has nothing to do with the songs, but five minutes later, my mother has stormed out. We were at my aunt's house. She stormed out of my aunt's house and was crying in the, in the car. My grandmother comes over to me, and she goes, Daniel... You were right. <laughs> and I was like, come on, man. And just like that, I'm right about Tal Bachman. Uh, right, was right about that. Right about Tal Bachman now. Right about that Peloton ad. Right about everything, basically. Yeah, well, when I was doing my research, one amazing thing I found out was I found a live version he did in 2011. He was brought out into a Taylor Swift concert. Oh, this is his... Well, Surely not the the only person to find himself in this situation. Not even the first person on this podcast. Yeah, well, Taylor brought him out in the middle of her, you know, gigantic arena concert to perform to duet with She's So High because apparently this is like one of her all time favorite songs. And like, like she said, quote, like one of the songs that inspired her to write music. And I was thinking about it. I was like, yeah, that tracks. That tracks, especially in like 2011 when she was making all sorts of crush songs. I guess, yeah, I could see that. You know, the thing is that um, the more I thought about it, because like I I jumped on She's So High, and I'll tell you the reason that I didn't go for Teenage Dirtbag is because there are other songs that remind me a little bit of that song, but are either better or so much worse that they drag it down. Like, there's something about the the soft melody at the beginning of Teenage Dirtbag that almost reminds me a little bit of uh, Sean Mullen's lullaby. Oh, the little guitar parts. Yeah, yeah which which just fills me with a, a rage untold. <laughs> God, uh, yeah, she'd be even prettier if she smiled once in a while. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> the uh, Sean Mullen's the original reply guy. What what Teenage Dirtbag reminds me of is kind of like the sellout version of like the 90s novelty alt rock hits, you know, I'm I'm a creep, I'm a loser, I look just like Buddy Holly. Yeah, it also yeah, it's I was going to say Weezer and Weedus. Yeah, they even ripped off the name kind of. You can kind of I mean like I don't know if they ripped off anything, but there's yeah. certainly the the it reminds me of stop off the the blue album. And um, and there's like a, I feel like there's just a lot of other songs that I've heard that are kind of like that. But then what I realized was Teenage Dirtbag, as far as composition goes, is at least a little more complex. 
she's so high is strictly an E A D B minor situation. It is not a complex tune. Like the underlying chord mm-hmm. structure is very basic. Whereas Teenage Dirtbag has got got some C sharp minor, you got some G sharp minor. They got you get like a like a like a B. So like I don't know. There's a couple sharp minors in there. Like mm-hmm. it's not a super complex song, but it goes a couple places that are a little more exciting. I like the the first time they go into that yeah dirt bag that part. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's that, fu- that bridge part. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, I don't know. I I was thought it was funny. It's like oh yeah dirt bag. I was like, I, I just thought like dirtbag is like just kind of a funny thing to just shout out without context. Not anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, this, this is before we dirtbag came into repopularity as an insult slash point of pride. I don't know. I feel like if I if I said yeah dirtbag at you, <laughs> you'd know. And let me tell you, I think if I did it to anybody, they'd know. And if they didn't. I would have a, a, a very exciting new black eye. <laughs> and that'd be pretty cool. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a little more complex is what I'm saying. Like, it goes places that She's So High doesn't. But She's So High, despite the very basic chord composition, like, that chorus is so hooky. I, you know, I was working out how to play it on my piano over there, and I was just, I did not think it was, like, unsophisticated at all i was like this is like a really like classic power pop like you people talk about like fountains of wayne or you know or weezer for that matter just like the perfect hook right here right here placed perfectly the right bridge it's a little formalist i guess but it's really well put together it's just a very well constructed song and just when it hits that hi hi that is a hook you dream of that is like a well, not the way I sang it, obviously. No, I mean, I, I do dream of that often, but I don't think dream is the word I would use <laughs> to describe it. But um, yeah, but here, I'll say this. Did you did you take the time to listen to any of the other songs on the on the one and only Tal Bachman, the Tal Bachman album? Um, I, I did throw it on while I was putting the notes together for this. Let's say Tal Bachman did not have a second hit for a reason. I like that album. I uh, it just kind of washed over me. Of the of the many bands like this that end up having one hit, and if you listen to the rest of the album, there's nothing else that's even listenable. I actually find it to be a very listenable album. I don't know that there's another big hit. In fact, I know there isn't because I've I've seen history, Mm -hmm. and there wasn't one, but. I don't know. I mean, like, there's just a, there's plenty of other bands that, like, I don't know. You listen to like that Vertical Horizon band. That that album is fine. Yeah. Uh, the Black Lab. Don't, I don't. Right. I, don't I, 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 I pulled out Black Lab. I don't know that one. That's right. That's a that's a, that's a band you you couldn't have even you couldn't even thought of. Didn't even put it on the list. Could have gone on there. Could, that's that's a I that's kind that's a mini band of Jason Rock. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I've listened to a lot of those bands' whole records uh, or, like, if they have, like, a record that they had a hit off of. They tend to not be very good. And I actually kind of think that the Tal Bogman album is is decent. Like, it's not incredible, but it's listenable. It's digestible. Well, you know, um, we just actually did have a second hit over in the UK. 
There's a cover of A Little Respect by Erasure. You know, give a little respect. It's, yes, but is it but is it better than the Erasure version? It's not better than the Erasure version. It's not better than Teenage Dirtbag either. So, no, honestly, I'm not. Um, I'm not even really a big fan of that song. So, I don't know. I listen to to some of their stuff, and also like Teenage Dirtbag. For anybody that doesn't know, I I believe the deal is that it it, it was on the Creek. Oh yes, uh, yes. That's where that's where it came from. If you're wondering why it persists in the memory. In the pop culture memory, it's because Dawson's Creek persists in the memory. Yeah, that's that that must be it. I did not watch Dawson's Creek. I did not watch the WB at all, or much television at all at the time. So, um, yeah, no, I that that must be how I missed it. Of I just suddenly imagined James Vanderbeek doing the meme, his meme cry face. <laughs> to, I'm just a teenage dirtbag baby, which is he's like thirty. Funny if he like put on like a curly blonde wig, he'd kind of look like Tal Backman, actually. Huh. I mean, I I, I love Jan- James Vanderbeek. He's great. Yeah. Well, if you if you did you watch the Teenage Dirtbag video? No, I actually completely failed on this. Oh, you Is with it good? It's a, it's a good video. Quality entertainment. No, it's 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 a it's a soundtrack video for a movie it was in. It was called Loser, and. Instead of clips from the movie, they have the actual stars of the movie playing the Teenage Dirtbag and uh, Mrs. Teenage Dirtbag, I guess. It's Jason Biggs and Mina Savari just a year after they were both in American Pie. You know, <laughs> movie stars of the future, the two. I was just uh, looking. Yes. American Pie, the, the porkies of its day. Yeah. And funny thing, I was just looking it up. You know what else was on that loser soundtrack? She's So High. Really? Yes, really. This, wow. The, just completely by accident. I didn't even notice. Let me say, I think I can tell you everything that happens in that stupid movie, even though I've never seen it, just from the fact that it has both She's So High and Teenage Dirtbag. They do both have a, a, a similar plot, those songs. Yeah, well... Imagining that a girl is not... That you're not good enough for that girl, and then it turns out that the girl does, in fact, want you. Yeah, that's why I put them t- together, because they have like the same twist third act ending I was like oh and I was like wow you totally ripped this off from she's so high Weedus and then I realized like no wait this is from oh pretty woman by Roy Orbison in 1960 whatever yeah I mean it's yeah I'm sure there's plenty yeah it's of a pretty classic classic structure that that's right everybody loves that surprise third act <laughs> take take takes you someplace you never would have expected that's why uh Josh Joplin group's camera one. Everybody loves that one too. <laughs> that's super uplifting third act. Yeah, that, that was one that I added to the, the, the suicide one. Oh, did you put that one in there? You put camera one? Yeah, no one no one else who had wrote written in that article had ever heard of it. I was like, no, you gotta check this one out. This is a classic. Oh yeah, absolutely. I yeah. I was surprised. I that that was one I would have considered doing a, a song versus song about if we were gonna do Mini Van Rock. And I would have, of course, uh, done Absolutely Story of a Girl if I thought there were a single other song within this subgenre that could have fucking touched it. <laughs> and there isn't. Oh, man. Let me ask you this. Back to the songs we're talking about. Which do you think has the better lyrics? I'm trying to think. It, like, So neither of them have aged well. In fact, one of them started out aging. It, it aged bad instantly. <laughs> Yeah, because it's got a whole thing about um, like bringing a gun to school. They had to cut it out in all the edits, even even 
now if you listen to it on Spotify, it doesn't have the original lyrics. There's just nothing there. Yeah, there's like her his boyfriend's a her boyfriend's a dick. He brings a gun to school. And then after Columbine happened, they I have never heard the version with that the lyrics intact. Not once. I had yeah. to put it together through context clues. And it, it I Googled just, it and that's how I found out. But yeah, like there's it's it's interesting that that happened and then She's So High starts off with the ba- talking about um this uh this girl that he's into and he says she's blood flesh and bone no tucks or sus- or no silicone. Or- yeah. And I'll tell you what that that <laughs> I that wouldn't fly. I mean I'm I'm sure people can listen to that song and appreciate it for what it is, but I don't know that someone would write such a lyric in the year of our Lord 2020. I remember even 90, in 99, that kind of raised my eyes a bit. And it's like, it's judgy, you know? It is. I think from a, a music composition, She's So High is better, and lyrically, Teenage Dirtbag is better. Teenage Dirtbag is certainly more interesting with the, the lyrics, because yeah. there's a lot more details in it. Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, or Aphrodite... Do do, yeah. do 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 You know, two of it's, the the two human women of those three, they died horribly. Yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> They're weird choices. Um, let me say this, man. It made me think about um, if somebody had written "She's So High" now. He not not only like in 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 the present day, but like truly in the present day. You should. This is a, this is a song you could sing um, to uh, to the 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 girl that you love. And that you have a subscription to her OnlyFans account, <laughs> right? Like that's it. That's the modern version. Is you're obsessed with the with a girl. You pay a lot of money to her OnlyFans account, and you imagine that you know she's so high, so high above you. But then uh, you fall in love during these COVID times. Quite a few of the comments uh, under under this episode were they were you know not thrilled with the nice guyness of either of these. Uh, of these songs yes they both they both have they both have that problem and let me say i find it fairly implausible that teenage dirtbags crush is also a teenage dirtbag who listens to iron maiden that seems like a bit of a stretch does it i quite honestly i don't think he's into girls who would be into iron maiden oh all right if that's the argument i for for a second it 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 suggested that you didn't think there were girls that liked iron maiden (laughs) And then no, I was going to be no. like, I would be like, Todd in the Shadows is over party. No, I, that is absolutely not what I am saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, I could see what you're saying, that obviously the 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 girl that he's so high for, high AII, would not be a teenage dirtbag. No, she's a, she's a total popular girl. She's a Heather. She's a plastic, I'm fairly certain. It's not a she's all that situation. <laughs> yeah. Or she takes off her glasses and he's like, she's beautiful. You know, it's a funny thing. I was just reading about like what inspired him to be like that. Apparently it was like he felt like a teenage dirtbag because he was like into like the metal groups back in the 80s when he was a kid. And in fact, it was inspired by like an actual like teenage murder, like heavy metal murder thing that got blown up in the press around his hometown like there's a Wikipedia entry for it and everything. And it's like, oh, well, you also listen to ACDC. You must be like a, a Satanist or something. That's like an insane backstory for this innocent crush song. It's always the quiet ones. Yeah. 
Which is, you know, and now, of course, it happened again in the in the late '90s with the, you know, all the Columbine stuff. Oh yeah, that's a weird. That's 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 a weird. That's that that's like Todd's little parallel corner. Yeah, and that's why they had to take out that gun lyric, even though, like, I'm pretty sure the dick boyfriend is not carrying a gun for the same reason like a school shooter would be carrying a gun. Yeah, and even if he was, I mean, then yeah, he is a dick. Yeah. An accurate, an accurate statement. Yeah, you know, you know if you. Unequivocally, if you bring a gun to school, you are a dick. Yeah, actually, now that I think about it, I think that entire song is set in the eighties. Yeah, I could. Yes, okay. I mean, I could say late eighties, early nineties. Like the the dick who's bringing who's bringing the gun to school is like it's like Axl Rose. Yeah, he's a bad guy, bad boy with a mullet, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, bad guy mullet definitely is the kind of guy that yells at Hit Parader and says, get in the ring. <laughs> he drives an IROC. That's right, he drives an IROC. What a weird, specific thing. He definitely isn't driving a minivan. <laughs> That's as far from a minivan as you can get. This uh, uh, teenage dirtbag definitely rides his mom's minivan to school. We we called it minivan rock because it, it seems like it was like geared towards preteens it, it i mean or or like early teens yeah i think i think once you're over 16 it's probably over for you yeah then you can start getting into offspring and blink 182 actually here's a funny funny thing while i was looking for this i found an article on spin that was just labeled god damn it weedus's teenage dirtbag is not pop punk and i was like hmm is it actually Apparently, this was like a giant argument in the spin office, whether Teenage Dirtbag is pop punk. What are you saying on this? I don't know. This is like, <laughs> isn't, isn't this just the, is a hot dog a sandwich? <laughs> Who cares? I don't, I mean, I know that I should because I, we're doing a music podcast. But I mean, yeah, I always thought it was like the lightest. Because I mean, like, I don't know, Green Day's punk rock, uh, right? They technically count. I think it's that guy's voice that confuses, like, that weird whiny voice sounds like it should be for, like, a Sum 41 song or, like, a Blink-182. I don't know. I mean, like, look, here's the thing. Uh, Weedus's Teenage Dirtbag kind of feels like it exists in the same space as... I feel like who, who he should be singing to is the complicated girl... <laughs> of Avril Lavigne fame. You know what I mean? Complicated and is also a mini minivan classic. It is. And and here's another question for you. Is Complicated a pop punk song? I vote no. What and about but what about Skater Boy? Yes. That's a pop punk song to you. Yes. So which is which is Teenage Dirtbag closer to? Is it more like complicated or is it more on on the complicated skater boy scale? The scale that we will now use forever. <laughs> where does it land? I guess complicated. So so then so yet. then so then the answer is no. So then it's not really pop punk. It's so close. Yeah. Like I don't think it is, but it's it's like it's just it's just outside the door saying, let me in. <laughs> you know, it's just like, you know, it's like it's like Homer Simpson trying to get into the club. Yeah, and, and, these, and they're like, it's just no, no homers. Yeah, and it's like, but 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 Eric Weedus is in there. It's just no Weedus is. Anyway, uh, that's my that's my explanation for that. So the answer, I guess, is is no. But it's it's 
in that way that you know people see punk rock as the sacred thing but it's it fucking isn't man i mean like green day was like the the punk pop band mm-hmm. and is the enduring band from the 90s more so i think than almost any other band have they remained as a big a part of like the billboard chart landscape right and and they count they count i don't think anyone's going to tell you except for people that are a little older than me they'll be like that's not really punk rock but when i was growing up i was in high school when when they got big and for us that was punk rock mhm so you know like were were they as punk rock as like no effects no <laughs> We just as teenage dirtbag is not a punk song, unless complicated is a punk song, and it's not. So there you go. All right. Well, you want to do three questions? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Question number one: uh, One of these songs must be lost to time, forever forgotten, and the other one will remain uh, in the memory of uh, human pop culture and human history for all time. What is the song that has to stay? What song must exist? Less we all fall into the cavernous abyss. You know, I I cannot really say these either of these songs has a, a particularly long shadow. No, you fucking picked them. Yeah. I get, this is well, your actually, choice. Now that I found that thing out about Taylor Swift, like, maybe uh, maybe we don't have Taylor Swift without She's So High. I don't listen. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a, too much of a stretch. All right. Let me let me let me let me say the following and nobody read anything more into it than the sentence I'm about to say. Taylor Swift was inevitable. Run from it. No, I, God damn it. I just said <laughs> it still comes. Don't don't <laughs> add any meaning beyond the thing that I said. I'm trying to live in these streets, man. Oh. In these Taylor Swift heavy streets, I am trying to stay alive. I'm not saying anything bad about her. I'm just saying that I think that Taylor Swift was somebody that was uh, bound and determined to become what she is. And I don't think that any one artist not existing would have prevented that from happening. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I hear Teenage Dirtbag more. So I, I guess if these songs, as much as people love them, I don't think they're re- either of them are really necessary to rock history or anything. Yeah, it's kind of weird doing the three questions because I got to say, I'm not really sure that two or three are really ones that I care about. <laughs> oh, the other one is, you know, which would you rather re- see recorded in the process? So like, yeah, I'm not really invested yeah, listen, in here's, here's what I'll Yeah, I'll say, all right, so the, for the first question for me, it's got to be She's So High, and I'll tell you why. It's for Tal. I'm doing it for Tal. Yeah. You did a good job, Tal. Booby, I love, I love She's So High. You did a good job. So I would keep that around. As Tal, Tal Bachman's Jewish mother that he didn't know he had, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very protective. And so I have decided that she's so high must persist. For Tal. All right. From, for, from my little boy, Tal, it must persist. So that's the answer to question one. Two, can you, do you care about seeing either of these come into fruition? Not really, Seeing no. either of these birthed? Not really, no. Like to me, that's like that's like why would I bring a a camcorder into somebody else's birth birthing chamber? You know what I mean? Like I got no interest. It's not in, it. It's not interesting to anyone. But no, it's 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 probably going to be vaguely unpleasant, uh, uh, boring, and if it's exciting, it's probably going to be in a way that's horrific. Like somebody being really excited about the about 
like the like like Tal Bachman getting really excited about that no silicone shit like got him <laughs> like feeling like he's like sitting there going like this will respect women <laughs> and me just being like oh Tal Bachman has created cringe can I can I tell you something I um I was gonna do uh, one of my YouTube episodes because in case any of you don't know I make YouTube videos on the side when I'm not doing this mm-hmm. I was gonna do one on Tal Bachman and uh, I never did it but I while I was in doing some research I found Tal Bachman's blog he's locked it since but I got to read all his thoughts about him oversharing about his divorce Ugh. his his thoughts about politics and religion no he's he's one of them everybody's bad kind of guys on both those fronts and uh he detailed like a weird feud between him and Bob Rock the Canadian producer, he did, he produced Enter Sandman and other. Oh, right. Big yeah, part. yeah. Like, apparently he accused the Bachmans of, like, denying him an award. It was like, you guys are Canadian royalty. Like, they would have given me an award if not for you, if you hadn't intervened. And Tal Bachman's like, I had one song in the 90s. What power do I have, Bob? I would have gotten away with it, too. <laughs> But it was like really fascinating in a kind of overshare. You should not have put shared this with the world kind of thing. Yeah, man. That's why therapy exists. That's like, uh, yeah. do you ever have that like that stuff in your life where a thing happens and you're like, oh, no, like this this thing that's happening in my life will have ripples for everybody. And then you go to your therapist and say that out loud. And then if you don't realize it, at the very least, your therapist goes like the world does not care about you, man. Is this yeah. just a me thing? Maybe this is just a me thing. If anybody else has had this yeah. experience, um, Tal Bachman, if you're listening, like "She's So High" is a great song. Nobody, nobody. This is this is the thing that you don't put in a public blog. You, this is you take it to your yeah. therapist and you feel better. Problem solved. <laughs> I read that stuff and I was like, "This is a guy who has thoughts about tux and silicone." Let's say. I mean, I'm sure he's a fine. I just listen. There's just things that you don't need to share yeah. with the world. That's all. Oh, and fun. Here's another fun fact. He's like a really vocal, angry ex-Mormon. Oh yeah, I saw that from your from your billboard minivan rock. I watched Bill Mayer's or Bill Maher's angry atheist documentary he made, and Tal Bachman was just randomly in it. Nothing, nothing, nothing makes me tune out faster. <laughs> I just uh. religionists. You get it because religion's stupid. Got it. It was pretty terrible. I've se- I, I have I have seen a little bit of religious, and I will tell you that I don't. This is not a podcast for me to to rail on Bill Maher, but let's just say that Bill Maher and I, for two people that don't really have strong, like I also am not a deeply religious person, but I don't have the rage that he does, and I find his rage unhelpful and unhealthy. Yes, yeah. probably. So look. Okay. Yes. We had one we had one question left. Yes, the most important question, um, not just not just in this podcast, but in all told recorded human history. William Shatner, actor, uh equestrian Entrepreneur. Entre- entrepreneur, um ma- author. Yes. Uh a ma- man who's not ashamed to wear a girdle or a toupee. Um and in that way my idol in ma- in many regards. Um, he can do a Shatner version of one and only one of these songs. Which of these two songs must, must, must be shat upon? It's a tough one because both these songs would be great coming out of his mouth. I guess I guess I have to go with Teenage Dirtbag because there's like just so much to work with. I agree. Yeah. 
I the idea of him declaring that he's just a teenage dirtbag baby, baby. <laughs> um listen to Iron Maiden more importantly teenage dirtbag is a story it is and, and that's who what is he a likes greater storyteller who's a greater storyteller he's the great he is William the greatest Shed. storyteller of all time that's just a fact that's just that's you know that's not just a historical truth that's that's just science well I, I think we're both agreement on that. Like, I just wanted to see him deliver the description of the dick boyfriend. Absolutely. And that's this will be the one way in which we actually get to hear all the lyrics. <laughs> just, just another way in which it's great. He brings a gun to school. Oh, my God. I just imagined that, like, so it's William Shatner, right? And, and he's, he's the teenage dirtbag. And the boyfriend is Charlton Heston. <laughs> I will say this, though. Shatner could also deliver the hell out of, like, Cleopatra, Joan of Arc, or Aphrodite. Absolutely. Unquestionably. But I do think of the two of them, I would I would go for Teenage Dirtbag. So, boy, so it's it's basically one for Tall, one for Weedus, and then one for We All Agree Nobody Cares. Yeah. And one, and one for your therapist. So, yeah. Did, were there any good comments? I imagine there must have been. Yes. All right. The one, the one of the first ones we got for was from James Boss, and uh, James Boss writes, and this one is kind of long. I'll try and cut it down, but I just wanted to get this one in there because apparently he says his his band opened for Weedus in 2018, and his story is they played with a bunch of backup singers that looked like they were straight out of the Addicted to Love video. B, everyone in the venue was chilling outside for the entirety of the set, completely ignoring them until the opening notes of Teenage Dirtbag, which caused everyone to run the fuck inside instantly. They brought a dude on stage to do an extended sax solo for the end of Teenage Dirtbag. And my friend approached them at their merch table to pitch them an idea where local bands would play a show and each band had to cover Teenage Dirtbag and Weedus would judge the winner. And the craziest part is that we disagreed to it and were excited for it. Never happened, but they were totally down for it. I mean, they I might have said they were totally down for it. They might have been it. being polite, although if they were the kind of guys that um, bring up a bunch of uh, women all dressed in the same sexy way. Yeah. I don't know. Let's make no assumptions. Um, it sounds like a nice, fun idea. That's nice. Yeah. Great comment. They, they seem like a... I love every single one of those details. That seems like a fun band. I'd like to hang around these guys. John Hyman writes, I didn't know Joan of Arc was a figure to be lusted over until I heard that song. Oh, absolutely. Well, especially, especially in like John Dark mode. <laughs> like the Butch version of Joan of Arc is it, man. That's fucking it. I can't no. imagine anybody not being into Joan of Arc. Um, and I'll tell you two reasons. One should be absolutely fucking evident and that's Mila Jovovich who I assume that's I, that's that's just what Joan of Arc looked like right like Mila yes. Jovovich Mila Jovovich played Joan of Arc mm -hmm. uh, so I just assume that that's what Joan of Arc looked like and if not that then the clone of Joan of Arc from the short-lived MTV series Clone High also a stone cold fox well, well, especially with a mustache <laughs> What, the one that comes to mind for me is uh, Jane Weedlin in uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah that she was a smoke show. Like, so let me, so let me, let me say this. I assume that this is what Tall Bachman was thinking about. Yeah, I mean, I he, he didn't meet the real Joan of Arc. Like, yeah, let's make the connection. 
So 1999 is when She's So High came out. The Messenger, mm-hmm. the story of Joan of Arc, starring Mila Jovovich, also came out in 1999. Yeah. So and there I, you go. And I believe it was on the soundtrack. So the- <laughs> <laughs> I'm 50. I don't know when you're joking. <laughs> All right. Okay. Stephanie writes, I feel like this should be She's So High versus There She Goes. They're the same song, except She's So High is much shittier. I disagree. I think they are exactly as good. I don't oh, think there's a I don't, I don't think there's a case that she's so high is bad and there she goes is good. In fact, you know, this there she goes by the laws is like one of those extremely hipster friendly pop songs. Like all the serious rock critics will gush over there she goes just like they gush over call me maybe. And I don't see why she's so high should be excluded from that from that c- category. Is what I have to say about that. All right. I mean, I I, I love there she goes. It's great, yeah, great right. one. Love, love the laws version. Also, you know, I'll I'll go in for the the Boo Radley's version from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes, Mike Myers' best film. Yes, and of course the Sixpence on the Richer version. We'll find a way. I'll find something to put there she goes up against. Yeah, it's inevitable. Yes, run from it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like Taylor Swift, it's inevitable. Yes. Why do I bother rights? Why should I even bother? No, okay. Why do I bother rights? Teenage Dirtbag because it seems like it's from an alternate universe where Simple Plan wrote a good song. What? <laughs> Our Simple Plan pop punk. Uh, pass. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. I got, I got bad news for you. We're living in the, in the, in the parallel universe. Yeah, we're living it. This is a this is a <laughs> parallel fucking universe. We're yeah. living we're living in the you know like it used to be like the Berenstain universe. We're living in the Justice League Snyder cut is getting released <laughs> universe. We're in the this is this is it. This is where this is the bad place dot gif. Yeah. All right. Cat piano writes. I'd rather listen to Iron Maiden. Dot dot dot. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your comment. Cat piano. Yes. All right. Will Denson writes, The Virgin Wheatus listens to Iron Maiden. No one knows who he is. Wheedling, irritating voice. The Chad Tall Bachman. Well-versed in the classics. Great hair. (laughs) Could be mistaken for Rob Thomas on a good day. I I see it. Yeah, I like it. It's a good one. Good comment. Steve Bach writes, I'd never heard of Tall Bachman before, and now that I've listened to his big hit, this does not surprise me at all. Well, I'm sorry, what was this guy's name? Steve Bach. Steve but Bach? Oh, that's secretly Tall Bachman just bagging <laughs> on himself. No, okay, okay, Steve. Steve. Maybe it's, maybe it's Randy Bachman of Bachman Terminator Overdrive fame dunking on his child. What? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one last one, Joseph Lore writes... Isn't the boyfriend from Teenage Dirtbag the real dirtbag for bringing a gun to school? Is he threatening Noel for liking Iron Maiden or something? I really want to know more backstory about this song. Teenage Dirtbag should be a movie. Well, the other thing is that Noel is 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 the same person as it's as the as the titular Teenage Dirtbag because it's the same singer. It's oh, just right. The singer singing with he's having a conversation in the mirror with his girlfriend to be himself. Oh, wow. I, I guess she is really into Iron Maiden then. See, I cracked it. I don't want to get any deeper into it, but let's just say I think that I think that 
that the the girl that he's in love with is himself. He just hasn't figured it out yet. Anytime I can find, I can I can ar- create the artifice of a trans narrative in anything, I will. And so there it is. I can't believe I forgot. Uh, her name was Noel. I was calling her Mrs. Teenage Dirtbag the entire episode. Yes, no, no, Noel Gallagher. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've already said like Teenage Dirtbag didn't win like ten to one, but who do you think won? I'm assuming that it's still Teenage Dirtbag. How much? By how much do you think? Uh, I'm gonna say uh, sixty-five forty-five split. All right. Well, for a total of two sixty-three to 279 what it is a 51.5 percent majority vote for teenage dirtbag wow no this was the closest one we've ever had i'm fairly certain it's if it's not it's 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 in the top two yeah that never happens like i said i was expecting me this to be a blowout and i was like immediately i was like whoa this is neck and neck and i had no idea who was gonna win after like the first 20 minutes of voting and that's it was that tight the entire way through that seems Shit. sensible i mean that's the the, <laughs> it, so the the songs are middling so <laughs> yeah well as it turns out no one has like super strong feelings maybe about like who is better weedus or tall bachman yes iron maiden maybe does <laughs> let's put up weedus against iron maiden sometime all right well you ready for the next one we're gonna get a big one off the list on our next episode, none of these Weedus or Tal Bachmans. We're going for just the biggest ones. Although going we are for the still, jugular. Here we go. Yeah. What is it? And we are still staying in the late 90s slash early 2000s. It is going to be Bye 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 by NSYNC versus Everybody Backstreet Back by the Backstreet Boys. A nightmare. We can, are. This is it. We're through the fucking looking glass now, boy. <laughs> This is Ollie versus Foreman. It's Ollie versus Superman. <laughs> and it's still tight. It could go either way. We'll see. We'll see where you guys come in on that. But, oh, man, I'm looking forward to it because I have opinions. Let me tell you. I I don't know if I, I mean, I'm sure I do. I just don't know which way they're going to lean. Guess we'll All find right. out. Anyway, thanks for listening to the, the podcast. We somehow managed to talk for an hour. Maybe we'll cut it down somehow. <laughs> so Paul, go through and find some stuff. It's not necessary like this part right now. If you want to support us, there's a lot of ways to do it that doesn't cost you anything at all. You can give us a five-star review on iTunes. You can write a review on iTunes. You can recommend us when people say, what podcast should I listen to? You, you say uh, loud and proud publicly. Uh, Song versus Song is a thing that I listen to, apparently, and you should too. And, uh, and also, uh, if you ever want to do a Shatner version of any of the songs we propose, uh, it's a great way to, to support us that costs you nothing but makes the world a safer and better place. Uh, if you want to support us in a financial way, we do have a Patreon. Uh, you get a bonus episode. If you want the bonus episode, it costs you a dollar a month. If you want to give more, you certainly are welcome to, but a dollar is all you have to give. And um, yeah, you can find us on Twitter, Song vs. Song Pod. And uh, you can find Todd at Shadow Todd and me at Danny Ordinary also. So if you want to follow all three of those, you should feel free to do that. And, yes, you uh, should. That's it. I mean, obviously, Twitter, the, the most important form of communication. Uh, except for Song vs. Song, the podcast that you just listened to. We will see you next time. So long. Uh-huh.